Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Hey, One Hope Church and One Hope friends, Peter here continuing our Bible reading podcast as we continue our journey through the book of Luke and Acts this Lenten season. And today's reading is Acts chapter 13, uh, in which kind of a a shift takes place with this chapter. Um, In many ways, you could really kind of divide the book of Acts into two parts, with part one kind of ending with chapter 12, uh, with uh, Acts 1 through 12, um, not exclusively so, but much of the first half of the book of Acts really centers around the Apostle Peter and his uh, his ministry, his leadership, his teaching. But now, starting with Acts 13, the action is going to center around Paul for really, really the rest of the book. And uh, right away, we're going to see his significance, Paul's significance, as he really becomes really the first missionary, the first church planter. Uh, and we're going to see how the Lord calls him into that uh, mission. And in fact, it's really fascinating how God does that. They're in Antioch, uh, which uh, is not in Palestine, but it's in Syria. And, and Antioch became a really early center of Christianity. Became the, the church in Antioch became one of really a, an important uh, church in the early church. And what's really striking to me here is we get a really a glimpse into the early church and how leadership happened and how decision-making making, making uh, happened. And uh, uh, one thing that strikes me here is, as we, we see right away, there wasn't just one kind of main pastor guy who was kind of telling everybody what to do. Uh, rather, we see this team of pastors, this leadership team, as there are prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manny, and Paul. They were pastors together of the church in Antioch. And then the other thing that we see is that uh, even as they're doing that, we don't see them having a strategy meeting, a planning meeting, although they probably did that kind of thing too. But what we what really strikes me here is is as they're seeking for what to do, um, they're the real pastor here is the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one that's leading the church, and and and, and so they're they're fasting and they're seeking the Lord, they're worshiping the Lord for the Holy Spirit to give them direction. Uh, they're not trying to figure things out on their own, and and so in that place they they sense the Holy Spirit saying uh, to set aside Barnabas and Paul for really the for the being this first missionary team, this church planting team. And, and so they pray for them, and they lay hands on them. Uh, they commission them to send them off, uh, which is why we do the same thing. When we send out missionaries, we lay, place hands on them. We commission them just like they did for these first two missionaries in Acts 13. And so then they head off, and they get to the island of Cyprus. And what strikes me here um, is that... Um, I won't go into all the details. You can read it on your own. But uh, um, what jumped out for me in this uh, this section is that um, the proconsul of the island becomes a believer. But how it happens is that there's this miracle thing happens, and as a result, it says he believed. But then it goes on to say he didn't. It wasn't really just that he saw the miracle, but it says for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. That's in verse twelve. And so what we find here is that. The miracle affirmed the message, but it was still the gospel. The power of the gospel is what what he was drawn to, but the miracles sometimes happen to kind of help validate the message. And we see that in missions all the time. I know that for myself, um, 
where I have witnessed some kind of a miracle, it has always been, almost always, usually been in the context of some kind of evangelism or, re, or ministry within church or new Christians. And, and so I think God uses that even today, does the miraculous to affirm the gospel for people. And, 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 also, he also kind of affirms the gospel through us kind of doing works of service too, and just you know feeding the hungry and and giving shelter and education as we go forth with the gospel. Um, that's not to detract from the miraculous, because I absolutely believe that God still does the miraculous as well. But I just think that's another principle. There are these others being the hands and feet of Jesus and serving, as well as the miraculous hands and feet of Jesus doing kind of works of power sometimes, uh, work together to affirm works alongside of the preaching of the gospel. And that's something we see in missions. And I think that's something we, we need to also seek for today as we even just try to be missionaries and evangelists in our, in our home turf here in Gig Harbor. Well, from there, we see them go then to, um, I guess, well, just, I'll just say the mainland, They what would be uh, modern-day Turkey. And in what seems just like a throwaway line, it just says, and uh, um, Mark, who's uh, also called John, John Mark, who went along with them as a helper, it says he, he left them. We find later that he kind of just, uh, he couldn't take the pressure, what, or whatever the reason is, he abandoned them. Um, it, really interesting, Paul is later going to, Basically, we're not going to give him a second chance, which is kind of sad. Barnabas does, but um, just want to just share. Not, I guess I'll give you a spoiler if you didn't know. It ends well for Mark. He ends up writing the Gospel of Mark, and we find Mark actually with Paul at the end of Paul's life. Paul writes um, affirming a, a positive way about Mark. Uh, in one of Paul's last letters before his death. And so it ends well for Mark. He he does get a second chance, which just, I love that because he's the guy of second chances. And I need that because I blow it like Mark all the time. Um, but then as it goes on, they get to the, the town of Pisidian Antioch uh, in southern Turkey. And what's really fascinating here is we get um, really a... <laughs> Uh, Paul's first missionary sermon, basically, and and a couple of things really jumped out. One note, just uh, Paul has a strategy when he would go into towns preaching the gospel. He, uh, he would first go into synagogues um, where there's already a group of of, uh, of religious of Jews and uh, who knew the Old Testament, and he would proclaim the gospel uh, to them. And that was his strategy. And then he would go to the non-Jews after that. And he had a theological reason for doing that, because uh, he felt like, okay, the Jews should get to hear about their Messiah first. and uh, uh, But also it was strategic, too, for, for out of that religious body of Jews uh, came the first Christians. And then they began to spread beyond just those of Jewish background. But uh, that was kind of Paul's strategy as he went about planting churches, and you'll see that again and again. But I really look over the sermon that Paul gives. It's really fascinating. In fact, you would you might want to just try to outline his sermon because uh, it's really cool. He just he just as he's he's pre he's preaching to these Jews and some who have become convert. There there are some non-Jews who are drawn to the Jewish faith are there as well. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of recaps the history of Israel, which they know, but he's just kind of giving them context. And then he shares about the Messiah coming, which they believe in a Messiah coming, a son of David. But he kind of, he uses the scriptures to kind of give a, a revelation uh, about um, some things about the Messiah that they maybe didn't 
clue in on, but that now has become evident because of Jesus and his death and resurrection. And so he kind of shares that and he quotes some scripture uh, and he emphasizes the importance of the resurrection hinted at in the Old Testament. Um, and then he tells the narrative, talks about Jesus coming and dying on the cross and, and rising again. And then, uh, and then he just proclaims. Then at that point, he proclaims the gospel. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you are not able to obtain under the law. I love that. Verses 38 to 39, just great recap of the central gospel uh, message. And, and so, Paul proclaims the gospel, and a lot of the Jews and, and uh, converts to Judaism, they respond. Uh, they become Christian. Uh, that happens, uh, some of them, for some of them. Um, and, the, and the Jewish leaders of that synagogue say, why don't you come back next week? We'd like to hear some more. And, and then there's such huge crowds that at that point, um, it, there's kind of a power structure, a power struggle happening here. Uh, those who are kind of the Jewish leaders, I think, of the synagogue are saying, what, hey, hey, this is getting out of hand, and, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to control this, and uh, this is, they're, they're getting a little nervous, and and uh, this is, this is, uh, it says they were kind of jealous that Paul was attracting so many people, you know, it was like, we were trying for years to try to draw the people to Jewish faith, and now Paul's doing, so there's, well, you see human nature right here uh, coming out, and uh, there's conflict. As Jesus said, uh, when he sent his disciples out, he said, they're going to hate you. You're going you're gonna to face conflict, and we're, you're going to see that in the days to come as you kind of follow the story of Paul and his missionary journey. Uh, they're going to face conflict after conflict and, and pushback from leadership structures and from religious systems. And there's, sometimes it's going to be physical persecution, sometimes in other ways. Sometimes they're going to be arrested. And we're going to see God deliver them. So uh, just a word to expect persecution. And it comes in all kinds of forms. But when we go forth with the gospel... Um, the, the persecution is not the reason to, to, to quit. It's, it's to keep going forward and trust that the Holy Spirit, who is the driver of this thing, uh, is going to continue to guide and direct the, his mission. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would help us to rely on your Holy Spirit to guide and direct us, to and then to step out in, in faith as Paul and Barnabas, they had to step out uh, and, and actually uh, risk some things. And, and then you you came through for them, but um, but help us to do that too. Help us to take those, those risks as we sense you speaking and then trust you to give us what we need when we need it to storm the gates of hell. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.